<laughs> what is up, fantasy people? This is the True North Fantasy Pod. You are back, and we are presented by Monkey Knife Fight. Of course, we are a part of the wonderful Fantasy Points Media Group. We're at fantasypoints.com. You can get 10% off this year's subscription with our promo code 21TrueNorth10. Uh, fantasypoints.com is a great resource, so make sure you go check that out. As always, co-hosting and West Coast and Ty, we're uh, we're pre-recording tonight. We're pre-recording. It's uh, a little bit new territory, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Tyrell McLaughlin, of course. How you doing tonight, buddy? Living the dream. Living the dream. Sorry about the uh, the sound effects there to <laughs> completely ruin the start of the show. I just had to put the hockey game on mute there. It's the uh, the Wild in Vegas in uh, in a wild game seven there. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I got that on mute. So if you see me going. Yeah, just, something uh, happened. Yeah, beautiful. Catching the game a little bit, and the Blue Jays are just absolutely putting a pound in on Cleveland. Represent Blue Jays, good. actually, Ty. I just saw something in the basement that I really want to show you in a couple of seconds regarding the Blue Jays, and so I'll show you that in a second. But um, for tonight's show, Ty, uh, like I said, it's a pre-record. This is Friday evening. Should be posted around Saturday um, mid-afternoonish, depending on the upload. Um, we're going to do a live best ball tonight, buddy. And in fact, it uh, has just started. So um, this is a fantasypoints.com best ball tournament on Fanball, um, One of the best ball tens. And I'm really excited to get into this with you, buddy, because full disclosure, I am not the best ball expert that you are. I've probably done about 100 best ball drafts in my life, whereas you've probably already done 100 and we are only at the end of May in the off season this year. So uh, I think this is going to be a really cool episode because it's going to we, we have varying uh, experience levels here. And I'm probably going to I'm going to learn today, Ty. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's going to be you fun. Reach, I teach. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully I, uh, I'm not getting taught. Hopefully I'm not getting taught much. <laughs> well, you know, I can't share too much with because we are in the same draft here. But totally. uh, no, I, it's a fun one to do because these are what you hear, like the GPPs, they're a large entry, multi-entry tournament. So you're competing basically against 2,500 to 3,000 teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so maybe I should lay out the format just so people know what we're doing as we go along. So basically... In this tournament, you're going to fall into a league of 12 guys, just like any other best ball, but you have to basically win that league or get a certain amount of points to move on to the next stage once that commences, which is around week 12 or 13 or something. And then basically you're playing a brand new tournament at that point. So it is a much different format than even your regular best ball tournament. Uh, And by the way, if anyone's completely unfamiliar with best ball, you're just drafting a team and walking away. There is no in-season management of any kind. And you're basically just drafting, you know, two or three quarterbacks, you know, four to four to seven running backs, six to nine wide receivers, two to three tight ends. And there's lots of wiggle room. And we're just going to let the early rounds dictate the draft more or less, Trav. And then we'll get into some strategies and stuff uh, as we go along. Uh, because there is a lot of strategies that come along with these bigger, bigger tournaments with multiple entries. Absolutely, man. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to get into the mind. Um, we're getting spicy here already, Ty. I I, uh, I, made, I made my pick at 104. Uh, it went Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and Saquon Barkley as the top three. Nothing super surprising there. Um, I have seen Saquon going a little bit later than three in different style drafts, but not necessarily best ball drafts, but I'm sure That's you've seen that in spots. That's one of the earliest. Um, we'll see him go, yeah. And then I decided to go for Derrick Henry at 104. 
Uh, my options that I was considering, Ty, you are almost up as well, of course, but um, as you make your, there it is. Um, I went Derrick Henry there just because uh, guaranteed double-digit touchdowns over the uncertainty at the quarterback position for Alvin Kamara. Um, and then I was even thinking maybe Jonathan Taylor or Nick Chubb, but I just think the safety at Derrick Henry is really nice. Uh, so that's why I went there at 104. At 105, your boy Najee Harris went, <laughs> which is wild. Um, what do you think about that? Have you seen much of that this offseason so far? And how do you think that's going to pay off for that owner? No, I saw Kyle Pitts going the third today. I definitely, we've been talking about it. We mentioned it with Joe Dolan. That's why we brought it up on our most recent episode that uh, Najee Harris is shooting up boards. I think this is uh, maybe someone doing a little bit of a troll job or whatever. Uh, I'm not really sure what they're doing, but uh, mm -hmm. because there's not really a lot of like team building aspect to taking a Najee Harris at the fifth overall pick. So mm -hmm. Uh, clearly just going out to get his guy. Maybe this is the one where you screenshot it and send your buddy that before you send him a trade. Uh, I'm not yeah. quite sure, but, uh, yeah, an interesting pick, uh, to say the least. So I have literally two of my top three wide receivers available here. I took Travis Kelsey in the first round. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it looks like I am going down the path of a zero RB build here. Uh, because if you notice, it went Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, yeah. Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Cam Akers. So these running backs just 13, flew off the board. 13 running backs in the first yeah. 15 picks. Um, now, there wow. is some. there is a complex here where I think Antonio Gibson, uh, I could definitely put Clyde Edwards-Elair in that conversation, but there is some guys who are clear teardrops at the running back position. But I also think Stefan Diggs and A.J. Brown are that big of an advantage at the wide receiver position. So I am going to take Stefan Diggs. Very so nice. I essentially have, uh, in my opinion, Travis Kelsey is a very, very much somebody I'm already uh, a fan of in the first round as Patrick Mahomes goes. I guess I won't be making that stack. No um, shit. Top I did a second. A, I did this identical tournament uh, earlier in the day, one of these uh, best ball tournaments and, uh, the, the fantasy points championship ones. I took Travis Kelsey in the eighth spot and I took uh, Patrick Mahomes in the fourth round. So I made that stack. Wow. That's really um, nice value on Mahomes at the fourth, even like, you know, and it's I think a he's an early spin. third rounder kind of thing, probably. And it's kind of a cardinal sin going early tight end, early quarterback. Mm -hmm. But last year it actually yielded really high win rates, way above average. So it's, it's nice. kind of surprising, but uh, I think it was interesting how I had to attack this draft because I could have gone with Antonio Gibson or even Clyde Edwards Elaire that early, just looking at the uh, at the at the ADP there. And I just I can't take my eyes off the ADP here, Trav, because we have what Kyle Pitts in the second round mm -hmm. and I am Patrick on the clock. and Patrick Mahomes. So I'm on the clock here, um, and I really liked what you were saying there uh, when you were talking about Diggs and AJ Brown. And I was thankful that you went for Stefan Diggs because yeah, you you're left lucky. <laughs> you left the AJ Brown, Derrick Henry stack. This is working out swim swimmingly for me because we saw that big run of running backs. Um, and then we saw you take Stefan Diggs. Devontae Adams went two picks later. But I think the fact that Patrick Mahomes and Kyle Pitts in the second round went before my AJ Brown pick really uh, allowed him to fall to me. So I was very thankful for and that. I have Henry dude, and AJ Brown. And, and now nobody else is going to have that team. Like that yeah. is honestly a really sensational team to start with because there is going to be a very, very, very low percentage of teams in this tournament. Even if there's 10,000 teams, they're not going to find a lot of teams that were able to land Derrick Henry and AJ Brown, especially as mm -hmm. AJ Brown becomes a universal top five wide receiver in best ball rankings. 
for sure, man. He's uh, he's up there. I think I have him at my as my redraft uh, wide receiver six. Um, so yeah, probably right around there. Yeah, nice. I like that. I think like the target share has got to be massive for him. There's no choice. Josh Reynolds is the only other like viable wide receiver option. Anthony Ferkser is a great tight end option late too. I think so. Um, yeah, and I just think like whatever we say about there. Yeah, and whatever we say about this offense, I think like AJ Brown is going to really command a lot of the high leverage work, whether it's deep targets downfield, 50, 50 balls uh, and end zone targets. So I think he, mm-hmm. he definitely has a lot of room to, uh, cause I've been worried about regression for him, obviously, but I think uh, if he commands 30% of the target share there, he is going yeah. to have a floor <laughs> and a ceiling. Yeah. So I like George Kittle in the third round. Uh, I do. Pretty amazing as the tight end pretty forward. wild. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That is uh, that's pretty nutty. An early tight end uh, is just like a phenomenal win rate as it is, but I think you're definitely uh, forcing that if you're taking Kyle Pitts in round two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I am not going to force that tie because I'm going to take Darren Waller in the third round to that give myself crazy. that positional advantage there, as oh, well as start. the monopoly on the Tennessee offense. I am thrilled about this start, my man. I think I have a fucking auto drafter in front of me. That is not fair. That's pretty hurting. Um, I'm really hoping, so I have a lot of options as I'm three picks away here. I could start to dip my toe into the running back pool here with Antonio Gibson. If he, if he falls to me, I think I'm stealing Antonio Gibson. Yeah. I Um, had him on my queue for that last pick. Yeah. So I also have Deandre Swift, Miles Sanders, and obviously I have no running back right now, but I also have Michael Thomas and Allen Robinson who mark the end of this next tier for me. Mm -hmm. I also could start looking at things like the fact that I believe CD lamb and Amari Cooper are still on the board. So I could look to try and add both of those players and then come back in the Mm -hmm. fifth and try and get Dak Prescott. Um, Obviously we don't love trying to grab a Dak Prescott when we already have a Travis Kelsey which is why I'm probably not going to go that path. Mm -hmm. But I do think the Cowboys are an interesting passing game that you could very much build. And if you had Ezekiel Elliott on your team from round one, um, you can pretty much build that entire offense in Dallas Mm -hmm. that we expect to be a a top five, 10 unit. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's just like, that's just an incredible team to have because you, you could have multiple of those wide receivers be starters for your best ball roster in any given week. Right. So you're not just monopolizing the best guy in that offense. You're getting the best guy in that offense from any week when you stack that plus potentially the second best. You are on deck. All right. You're on deck. Yeah. You are on. So uh, there was a couple of picks that surprised me. Jamar chase at the three, five is extremely early. And uh, I recorded a live best ball. Maybe I'll put it out after this one or something uh, from earlier today. The one where I did do the Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes stack. And I passed on Jamar Chase in like the fifth round, like a weirdo. Uh, But T Higgins went before him in that draft. And it was funny because we just had Bry guy give his hot take that T Higgins is actually the wide receiver to own in Cincinnati last night. uh, I like that, man. I, I don't mind it either because before the draft, what were we talking about? Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I was watching that show last night with you guys, and I hopped in the comments there, and I was just thinking to myself while I was listening, I think, like, I'm kind of starting to think that T. Higgins might have, like, the most defined role there as the big kind of outside red zone target. I know Tyler Boyds is very defined with being in the slot, but I think Jamar Chase brings versatility to the offense that T. Higgins doesn't bring. Like, they're not going to put T. Higgins in the slot, but I could see them putting Jamar Chase in the slot, which I don't know if that necessarily takes Tyler Boyd's snaps because they play a lot of 11 personnel. 
Um, but, but I don't know, because like Jamar Chase is one of those wide receivers that probably should just be used everywhere in the formation because he's that good, good after the catch, good in contested situations. So, um, that's, it's such a puzzler to try and figure out how that's going to shake out because T Higgins looked like he was on his way to being a top 12 wide receiver, man. Agreed. So I have some, uh, I have a tough decision here just because I have only one running back. I have only one wide receiver. These are the kind of things that happen when you had a Travis Kelsey early. So it feels like you want to try and force a running back here just because Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis, you know, Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaskin. These are running backs that I'd be interested in this range, but the wide receivers are so attractive. And I think I'm going to make a, like CD Lamb and Robert Woods are the clear guys I'm choosing between here. I think I'm going to go Robert Woods just because as much as I love Stefan Diggs, there's a little bit of volatility that you think of when you think of him, especially before his uh, Buffalo Bills explosion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just feel like I want to build a little bit more stability in there with Robert Woods, who I think is just so locked into a certain amount of targets. And uh, I just think he, he also could – uh, harness that upside that comes with Matthew Stafford being added to this offense because of what he's able to do that maybe someone like Cooper cup is not able to do. Yeah. And furthermore, I could maybe look to try and land a Cooper cup in the fifth round. Who's much more likely to fall than a, a Robert Woods or CD lamb. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think that's a really slick little stack of those two wide receivers because we were talking about it a little bit earlier today. And um, one thing that we we were just on the phone shooting the shit, but um, we were talking about how their red zone passing volume could go up, which um, I think that bodes well for Cooper Cup as well as for Robert Woods, who showed some more red zone prowess last year. So uh, I think that's really a really nice little stack. And I'm expecting a really good bounce back. And uh, I'm going to throw Cooper Cup in the entire True North team's face when he bounces back. <laughs> it's going to be awesome well it's a pretty cheap stack to be able to try and land uh, especially if you're getting robert woods in the fourth uh especially with wide receiver one upside right you don't have to take Mm -hmm. either of them in the first two rounds but i think they both have wide receiver one upside potentially man i am on the clock here by the way um both just comfortable wide receiver twos too cooper cup like on the lower end that's like that's low end right ceiling yeah and then 10 touchdowns you got yourself a wide receiver one this is a really tricky one ty because i really like to go wide receiver heavy but i'm gonna actually go with the guy who never mind because he just went okay damn it i was thinking mike evans hoping he got back to me because i'm really liking that value there but then now i'm gonna pivot Oh man, I'm not like thrilled about this one, but I think there is a lot of pass catching upside, which I think complements Derek Henry. And that is uh, Travis Etienne. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like the situation for him. I don't think he's going to play as a wide receiver. I think he will end up settling into 10 to 15 carries per along with all of that pass catching work that we kind of expect him to get uh, in the Urban Meyer offense. But I was looking at Urban Meyer the past three years in Ohio, when he was in Ohio State, ran the ball over 40 times a game. Um, and I understand in college, it's definitely a little bit easier to get by and dominate with with that heavier run scheme. But I think that's going to be what he wants to do, especially early in Trevor Lawrence's career uh, while he insulates the kid and lets him get acclimated to being able to take over the offense and put it on his shoulders. I agree with that. Kareem Hunt going right after uh, Travis Etienne. Yeah, I he's like usually going to go before. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah I, I, I like was Kareem Hunt. Thinking as well. about going Kareem Hunt, I do see the upside there. Like I like I can see him as a top fifteen running back. I have him inside my top twenty for twenty twenty one right now. Um, but I don't know. I was just kind of jumping on that Travis Etienne upside. Godwin goes after that. 
Um, Minnesota I was actually tied it up. Minnesota uh, tied it very up. Good. Thrill very good. the thrill. <laughs> I was curious, Ty, as to why you weren't potentially thinking Mike Evans at that Robert Woods pick. Because you said Robert Woods and CeeDee Lamb, I think. Um, wonder why Evans doesn't come into play in the same tier as those guys. Yeah, I, I think I am a little bit lower on Buccaneers, wide receivers, or skill players in general, which is unfortunate because in this specific format, they're actually a team you might want to put your finger on to identify as one to target or tie to because they actually have a phenomenal late season strength of schedule. And that's mm-hmm. actually something that is normally a very noisy topic, but it's something that we factor in pretty heavily in these kind of big tournaments. Um, sure. But with that said, I just I worry about... Arians not necessarily learning something last year through the playoffs, but him and Brady together is interesting to me because we find that they are implementing a game plan more in certain games, if you will. Uh, We especially saw that during the playoffs where they're comfortable running the ball if the matchup calls for it. They're comfortable dumping it off short if the matchup calls for it. Um, And I just, Mike Evans is a player that I love uh, from a real life standpoint, but I also think he's a hard player to figure out from an analytical standpoint because Mm -hmm. of touchdown regression and the stickiness of those. And, you know, the connection that he's clearly formed with Tom Brady and the chemistry is undeniable, but I just have a hard time banking on the touchdowns. And because of how good I think Chris Godwin is, I think you are more or less uh, drafting a fairly touchdown dependent wide receiver as your wide receiver too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. I'm just like, like, I think for me, it's obviously the potential for the touchdowns because um, Brady was throwing some nice fade balls to Evans last year in in the red zone. And um, I think if I'm attaching to anybody in that passing game for 2021, I think it is Evans over Godwin this year for me. Um, I do have Evans slightly over Godwin in, in redraft, yeah. I'm on the clock here, Ty, and I am going to draft DJ Moore to go alongside AJ Brown. Um, I like that passing offense in Carolina. So I wanted to get a piece of that. And I think he was kind of a tear break for me among the wide receivers that were left. Um, so some of the guys that are left are Deontay Johnson, Kenny Galladay, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Lockett, T Higgins. Um, and I just think that DJ Moore with Sam Darnold, who I think is going to provide some better quarterback play. I think it's, it's, I, I say, think I don't, I say, I don't say I know because well, look, it's, it's a really I hard just one prep- to, And let me even preface it by saying we got three top 30 wide receivers there last year with terrible quarterback play. So it's like, you know, yeah, like I'm a fan of these Carolina wide receivers and I hate, I hate Teddy and I hate, (laughs) and I hate Sam Darno even more. (laughs) For sure. And I think it opens up some, some affordable stack opportunities later too, right? Because there's, (laughs) you could go a little bit deep with this offense, even getting into like David Moore. Uh, Terrace Marshall obviously is there. I think they'll probably slow play him to start. Um, well, I've read some interesting Robbie stuff. A. Um, Robbie Anderson was apparently being shocked during the NFL draft, if you believe Charlie Campbell of uh, Walter Football. Uh, so that I thought was an interesting story because it really uh, lends to the side that Terrace Marshall is the long-term running mate for DJ Moore. Um, and they definitely like Terrace Marshall. I love Terrace Marshall, but yeah, like what you're getting at is that he has to get healthy before he can beat out even a, D- a David Moore in camp. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I just think those guys will be really like a nice price to add and I won't have to reach and get teached. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like that Cooper Cups pick, cup pick, you did end up getting the stack. Um, sorry if I'm making a bunch of noise here. I got a Nutrigrain bar. I skipped dinner tonight. I hear that, yeah. A yeah. Nutrigrain bar. What kind yeah, of my dinner is 
my dinner is a bunch of the kids snacks so i had one of their like regular granola bars just a second ago they've got these little like banana chocolate chip loaves so i had one of those and now i've got a uh a raspberry nutrigrain bar so um, that is the dinner of champions and the taste gonna, buds they call that probably have a late night bowl of uh, apple cinnamon cheerios tonight whoa that's my jam i actually have lucky charms too so maybe i'll just uh get a little wild with it you have what also have what lucky charms you mean lucky charms that's what i said yeah why are you saying lucky charms lucky charms yeah there we go that's best wow (laughs) (laughs) fucking english class it's weird it just sounded weird it's like uh steven used to call a commercial a commercial and it just sounded the weird it was so weird (laughs) do you see that commercial oh yeah i like the wrong emphasis yeah Yeah. i didn't i don't know i i think i was kind of on the fence it wasn't like it's not goldman there's no gold man but if you're if you're the leprechaun at the pot of gold be lucky charms you know Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that's a good point that's a good he, point that's how he says it so we are that's wrong good, in fact. no i'm definitely wrong on this one we'll right. get you some lucky charms ty shit i just got snipe 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 sniped like these are all great mm-hmm. values by the way because i took cooper cup there and then tyler lockett kenny galladay brendan Ayuk at the end of the fifth and then kyler murray and lamar jackson are just great values in the sixth mm-hmm. um so now I have a tough decision because I really wanted to grab that fourth wide receiver, that really strong wide receiver. Cause I think a big mistake people do um, with modified zero running back is go in too early back at the running back position. They start diving in, but miles mm-hmm. Gaskin is such a great value right now. Yeah. Chase Edmonds is a really good value right now. Mm-hmm. So it comes it's down interesting to that you say that because I was kind of thinking with my ETN pick that I might be going back to the well a little bit early. Um, but I just wanted to make sure I got another one there. But uh, I like that. I'm starting to get a little bit better at like not feeling like I, uh, yeah. Well, I think we talked about it with Joe Dolan, right? Like he was saying that a lot of drafts you're coming away from, you are a little bit underwhelmed with your running back position, but that's very natural when you get into hit rates and you talk about that running back dead zone and you talk about how drafting a running back in the fifth round is pretty much as likely to yield a 200 fantasy point score as drafting a running back in the eighth round. So literally, mm-hmm. why would you draft a running back in the fifth round? You know what I mean? So Good point. It, a lot of those things come into play for me, especially because the inverse of that is that wide receivers are also hitting at a phenomenal rate in that exact same part of the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think about the picks I made with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, they are just pretty safe picks that you know are going to be wide receiver twos. Um, and that, that's another reason that I made those picks, but... And that's what I'm saying with my Miles Gaskin pick that I know I might regret that when I look back at my wide receiver room uh, and I'm a little bit thinner than I would like to be when I could have added like a T Higgins, a DJ Chark, a Chase Claypool, these guys who have a lot of upside, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I am, yeah. I'm really betting on Stefan Diggs being that elite wide receiver again on this team. Like you kind of have to make those concessions when you, when you take somebody in that draft, like you can't think about what if Stefan Diggs isn't that guy, you're literally operating under the assumption that he is that guy because he if he isn't you've probably already lost this tournament uh where you're competing against a billion people yeah for sure mark andrews went another tight end off the board these are still like the the sixth round it's funny how in the past we've sometimes disliked this range of the draft but actually really like this range of the draft this year I was considering her kid with my pick here. So I'm on the board here. I've got Derek Henry and Travis Etienne at running back, DJ 
uh, DJ Moore and AJ Brown at wide receiver. And I got Darren Waller as my tight end. Um, I have a, mm, okay. And you'd probably have to take Robbie Anderson here just for the record. You probably wouldn't land him in the seventh, in my opinion. Mm hmm. And see, that's another reason that maybe I should have gone another way because the wide receivers I'm looking at next pick are going to be like a Tyler Boyd and Juju that I'm hoping for. And those are not the type of wide receivers I really want to add into this. Okay, so I went for a quarterback. I see because that. Because he, <laughs> he was the last of the upside running, back, running quarterbacks. And I wanted to take one because I think a run could potentially start coming with these other guys. Well, I um, think I could start, eat my like, words on that one. Well, I, um, I would just say that, uh, like, from an ADP standpoint, you'll see Russell Wilson go where you just took Jalen Hurts. Like, he'll go where Justin Herbert goes-ish. Um, and usually Jalen Hurts won't go for another round or two. Like, he usually starts that next year before okay. we see uh, the Aaron Rodgers and stuff go, for sure. Right. And, and I think this it's is interesting that I'm learning today, right? And that's kind of the benefit. To, sorry to cut you off there, dude. I think that's the benefit to doing as many drafts as you do. Um, and you've told me from day one that don't do mock drafts, do cheap best balls because you're getting way more accurate ADPs as you watch the draft unfold because these people are sharp that have been doing drafts for a couple of months now. Um, and this is for profit, right? Mock drafts, people will fuck around. You don't want that in drafts where you're trying to get information to get an edge and see where these guys are going to go. So um, I think that's, you know, a huge benefit to doing this time. Well, and, uh, you know, six, nine is what you preach. Well, and six nine isn't like super early or anything. Like if yeah. you took him in the seventh round, nobody's batting an eyelash. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with it. And uh, it's just that you know the ADPs when you look at him, he's just not a top eighty guy where Russell Wilson mm -hmm. is. Yeah. So I'm on the clock, and Robbie Anderson did make it back around to me, so I am gonna take him. Nice. Um, I like that. I thought about maybe going elsewhere and maybe stacking like David Moore and Terrace Marshall later, but. I just, I think those guys are going to be a lot more sporadic um, and could potentially like have th their floor is very low, basically, right? Like they have wide ranges of outcome. Uh, you just made a face because Trey Sermon just went yeah. in the seventh <laughs> round at, at uh, somebody I always uh, get in the eighth. What the hell? Mm -hmm. But that makes me happy that I did take Miles Gaskin, especially when, dude, I'm going to land T. Higgins, DJ Chark, or Cortland Sutton. I'm very happy with whoever I land there. Mm hmm. And I know I just don't have very much Cortland Sutton. And these are the kind of the formats that I do end up reaching on guys. I don't have as much of um, mm -hmm. because yeah, you're always like, even, even if you screw up a draft, you can try and start to build an outside the box range of outcomes. You know what I mean? That nobody's going to have. Think of like your classic DFS Millie maker. Mm -hmm. So the question is DJ Chark or T Higgins. The interesting thing about DJ Chark is you can start to build that Jaguars team if you want to um, with DJ Chark, with LaVisca Chenault is the guy you might want to avoid in that mix. But it, it would be more interesting if I had Travis ATN, Travis. So, <laughs> um, I was thinking about DJ Chark there too. Like I, yeah, the, I would, I, yeah, I, I like DJ, DJ Chark, Chark over Robbie Anderson, but I think that stack factor is just what I wanted to get a piece of dude. Like, the Panthers had three wide receivers or more on the field, like 70% of the time last year, they were top five in receiving yards from the wide receiver position, over 200 yards per game from the wide receiver position in Carolina, three top 30 wide receivers. That's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. 
So and then they got, Higgins, you know, because I think I, he has more upside than DJ Chark. Like, I think he's not, not even more upside, so to speak, but I think he's going to be the guy who's going to score a touchdown or two in this week. He's going to have a big 50 yard catch this week. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's the guy who ends up plugging into my lineup a lot more. And I am uh, very much anticipating that my flex spot needs to come from my wide receiver position on this yeah. team build. Yeah. DJ Turk went right after. And I think, I, I think you're right in that pick. Because with T. Higgins, I was talking about earlier how his role is very, very defined. Like, I think he does one thing and he does re- does it really good. And yes, Jamar Chase can do some of the things that T. Higgins can do. I'm not doubting that by any means. But I think as far as DJ Chark goes, he's got Marvin Jones, who legitimately plays the exact same style. Go up in the air, get those downfield targets and red zone work. And that's what we want from DJ Chark. So I think that like Marvin Jones sitting there to potentially take 50% of what we want for DJ Chark. Um, was a little bit, uh, a little bit making me hesitant on, on Chark. So I like, yeah, that you, I came into the off season, like pretty, uh, pretty hesitant on him. Hollywood um, Brown goes in the seventh round there. Yeah. That's pretty early. That's pretty mm-hmm. early, but I am excited to see what happens in the slot in Baltimore during training camp. Lots of options, man. They had lots of options last year. <laughs> yeah, but Willie Sneed was the guy who ended up playing a lot in there, and he mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. To the Raiders. Cortland Sutton at the Willie Sneed one. in the Raiders. So do you think this guy thinks he's stacking the Broncos here? Because that would be genius. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers and Cortland Sutton. That's yeah. <laughs> right, good call. Dallas Goddard. In the yeah, and I was thinking that's somebody uh, that you probably would have been interested in with Jalen Hurts on your team. Yeah, I do have Darren Waller there. Oh, that's um, correct. Yes. So, so this is, I have a really interesting one here. Talk about reaches and stuff, just because if I wanted to add Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, I would really uh, be hard pressed to not do it right here because asking him to come back to the late ninth is a very tough ask. And in addition to that, I've also bypassed that range of the draft where I want to be grabbing that quarterback, whether it was Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, where they went, whether it was, you know, Russell Wilson, who I think was a value in this draft. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I have a tough decision. I am going to reach on Matthew Stafford here. And it's ironic because I'm really not a fan of Matthew Stafford this season for fantasy necessarily paying off that uh, ninth round ADP. So to take him in the eighth round at the Eric Lindros pick seems a little... <laughs> Uh, a little, you know, tongue in cheek for what I've been preaching all off season, but I do, you know, there's just a lot of reasons to do that, whether it's uh, this being a big tournament and me building something that I don't think is going to happen, which is not a bad way to go about it. So I, I'm just happy to have Matthew Stafford, Cooper cup and Robert Woods, because there is some uncertainty in that Rams offense going forward. But I think the three people we have the most confidence in, uh, are those three guys, whereas Cam Akers, I still think, has a range of outcomes. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think, yeah, Cam Akers is the most valuable piece in that offense for fantasy, but uh, he could be the easiest guy to whiff on his ADP, or at least not pay off his ADP, I should say. Mm-hmm. Michael okay, Carter. So I am going to add another running back here. Um. Definitely some risk in this one, especially with the backfield that he comes from. Um, but you know that I've been loving this dude since last offseason, Ty. And that is Damian Harris. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he ends up being the starter. Um, Graham Barfield was on a live best ball, and I think it was the cut line with the NFFC. Um, check that out on the Fantasy Points YouTube channel because Graham did, a, did an awesome job. And um, he was talking about how there's a real possibility that Sony Michelle gets cut this year because Ramondre Stevenson looks to be an indictment on Sony Michelle. Um, so yeah, Ty, oh, I'm yeah. curious. I'm curious as to what you think about that backfield, and if you think my uh, my Damian Harris love is going to start to pay off or what? Yeah, I mean it's tricky just because you know you're not getting that pass catching upside unless Mac Jones comes in and plays at quarterback. So mm-hmm. it's just such a nuanced conversation along with that. But you're getting him so late, and he's a Patriots running back. So I've never been against drafting Patriots running backs past the fifth round, and you're getting the top, mm-hmm. arguably the top back in the eighth round. So you know it's mm-hmm. hard to argue against that. Uh, you know, I don't know if Sony gets cut. I always am a little scared saying guys yeah, get cut, you know, because I've sure. been saying about Jimmy Graham all offseason. I've been saying about Jameson Crowder, and it just doesn't. I said it about Geo all year last year. Like, it just doesn't yeah. seem to happen a lot of the times. Uh, and New England is a backfield that, you know, dresses three to four guys every week. And I know the thing about Sony is he doesn't contribute on special teams or anything like that. He enters the final year of his contract. Uh, so it, it, it's possible. I just don't know if that happens. And I think... Uh, I don't know how much that would affect Damian Harris anyways, but I definitely think yeah. Ramondre Stevenson uh, might affect Damian Harris because I don't know why else they would spend the capital they spent on Ramondre Stevenson if for no other reason than to use him at the goal line because he is fucking massive. He and plays I'm a massive special fan. teams too. Yeah, and he I'm a massive special fan. Teams too. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he's I think a big boy. His skills his will role. translate, yeah. And it'll be interesting with who's that quarterback because I think if you have Cam Newton – then with Ramondre Stevenson and Cam Newton, you could have almost a monopoly on the goal line carries for that team, right? Whereas if it's Mac Jones, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out um, because maybe they want some more running back pass catching or or what have you. Um, This pick's going to be really interesting for me, Ty. I'm excited to get on the clock here and see if it comes back. I'm going to do... if. If it happens, I'm going to do something. And I want you to tell me what you might do in that situation or whether you would have even done it or what, you know what I mean? So Ryan I don't Tannehill think it's, or? yeah, exactly. Like, I just like, I wonder because I'm thinking about it and taking Jalen Hurts two rounds ago, like, did I fuck up in taking Jalen Hurts? But yeah. then I'm thinking, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm thinking this team can just be a two quarterback build. Yeah. Potentially. And I have but that's that why I think it's spot, risky. Cause right. That's one thing that I don't love about Hertz. I think that might be literally the one reason that he's not in that tier with the Justin Herbert is because there is a small risk that come the end of the season, they're they're trying to play for a tank job. You know what I mean? We saw that yeah. this year uh, in a very aggressive fashion where they they pulled Hertz right in the final game. <laughs> so uh, it, it, I just think it's tough because there's a lot of things that can work against Hertz this year. Um, but I do think he's the guy kind of, um, putting my finger on from that offense. There's no doubt that he's going to score as a top 10 quarterback, uh, so long as he plays a lot of games this year. So we just saw Devontae Smith go, who is obviously looking to be Jalen Hurts' number one wide receiver. I was thinking it was either Ryan Tannehill or Devontae Smith. If you're me, would you have prioritized the Titans stack? Or do you think you would have gone Devontae Smith in that pick to get that Eagle stack? Yeah, and I think it's interesting because both of those teams might be bottom five in terms of pass volume overall. Um, so I think that's one thing to note. But uh, sorry, I just got to make a pick really quick. Yeah, oh, sorry. Maybe, no, dude. No, it's all good. Because I'm just trying to decide if I want to kind of go with a Buffalo build here and add a Cole Beasley. 
to this team, but with a Cooper Cup, with a Robert Woods, do I like that? Uh, so I think I'm going to go a little bit off the board in a little bit of a sense. So I'll go Michael Pittman. Like, if you guys love Wentz, why does everyone not love Pittman? 100%, What's going dude. on here? Um, so well, what, what did you ask me? Don't what did sleep, you ask me? On, it was don't sleep on TY question. either. And no, I just wanted to point out, because I was looking at Cole Beasley, his ADP is 132. So you might still mm -hmm. be able to come back around and get him. Um, no, I but I want Beasley, Tyler man. Higby here. I want Tyler Higby here because I have Stafford. I have yeah, Woods, I, like I have that. Cup. So I kind of want to. You will have get literally Higby. all of the passing touchdowns. And I don't need to touch tight end after that as well. And a lot of people do wait too long. If they add a Travis Kelsey, you should still be trying to add a top 15 tight end. For uh, sure. Hit, hit rates really bear that out. So your question I thought was really interesting just because they are two of the lower volume passing games that I anticipate we'll see in 2021. But mm -hmm. you are either way getting the quarterback one and the wide receiver one, I think, in that stack. The thing is, you're getting such a more obvious wide receiver one in AJ Brown, obviously like a guy who can really monopolize that offense. Like he really embodies a wide receiver one alpha. Oh yeah. Oh, whereas yeah. uh, Devonte Smith is just going to be the guy who plays the most snaps outside. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, it's a tough one because if I'm Philly, I don't even love that he's playing outside. It's kind of the Hollywood thing we talked about in his rookie year. Like yeah. we preferred if he was in the slot, he can do a lot of what you're expecting him to do outside from the slot. So yeah, that's interesting because him and Jalen Hurts will have to like develop that chemistry or else I think it will be a lot of Dallas Goddard, a lot of miles, like just a lot of mm -hmm. uh, maybe shorter targets. Easy, but, uh, easy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have oh, a feeling went. they're going to manufacture shit. I was going to take him to there uh, because there was so many wide receivers I was comfortable with, but I, I do uh -huh. really like, I kind of wanted Michael Pittman or Curtis Samuel was the other guy I was looking at hmm. there. And he's also still on the board. And then Michael Gallup was the other guy who's ranked the highest on my list right now. So, um, pretty interesting. And I think when I have Travis Kelsey, maybe somebody like Robert Tanyan becomes a little bit more interesting where he's not usually available at this point of the draft. And, uh, I'm not usually looking at him there, but the other guy is, uh, like I might go back in on quarterback here. Um, because I do have a pretty clear plan at quarterback. Like I want to make sure that I get a Justin Fields or somebody like that at some point in this draft. Um, so I think I might do that right here, not Justin Fields, but I'll take a different rookie quarterback at the peaches and cream pick here. Peaches and cream. <laughs> what was the other one by 112? They had some good um, ones with like rappers and stuff, but the other mm -hmm, one they got totally. really famous for like school dance style. Um, um it was dance something, dance, dance for me or something. It was good. Okay, look at dance for me. <laughs> peaches oh maybe i'm thinking of peaches and cream damn it <laughs> maybe yeah let me see yeah so i'm gonna go trevor lawrence here yeah it is done it is decided it is done so still just two running backs on my team i am really uh not gonna like my running backs on this team Mm -hmm. I have three. I have Derrick Henry, Travis Etienne, and Damian Harris. And if I wanted to add running backs there, I definitely could have with uh, Gus Edwards. I have Tony Pollard pretty high on my rankings here. Naheem Hines builds in some safety, so you can like take a lot of shots like on your last couple running backs. Uh, because after that, I'm getting into like like Daryl Williams is my next highest ranked guy. Uh, Tariq Cohen, Daryl Henderson, James White, those kind of guys. Hard so yikes a, there. A yeah, and a Motley crew for my uh, collection of backup running backs here. 
You can see LaVisca Schnault going later and later, as we predicted immediately upon the draft of Travis Etienne. Is there Sean Watson going in the 10th round there? That's early, yeah. Wow. But the, okay. this format, like you might want to throw that kind of thing out of the window, you know what I mean? Like uh, this might be a format where somebody wants to just draft Deshaun Watson um, in a three-quarterback build, maybe, I don't know. Because mm-hmm. you think of a couple of years ago, there was some uh, like people placing in these tournaments because it is a payout structure, like a like a poker tournament, right? Um, so a lot of people who are placing had Tyreek Hill in their lineups uh, in a lot of big tournaments. If we remember, there was that risk that he might get suspended and all that. So hmm, we take this is really fucking interesting, man. Um... Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna take Corey Davis here. Corey D. Cody. Um, I just think he, you know, he's one of the guys that's on the board that projects to be the wide receiver one on his team. Um, a couple other options there. I maybe I thought a little bit about running back, but I think uh I'm at the point where I can wait a little bit and get some guys that can give me um some pop-off value because I'm kind of happy with the guys that I have up top right now. You're right, you're right. Michael Gallup goes right after Corey Davis. Yeah, Michael Gallup is a steal at the end mm-hmm. of the 10th. Like, you think about guys who, like, at this point of the draft, you know, me with Cole Beasley, uh, that that argument I would make is that Cole Beasley might score 10 to 12 PPR points every single week this season in that offense, but he might plug into your lineup less as your wide receiver five with those scores than a Michael Gallup who plugs in five or six times with 15 to 25 point weeks so as a, kinda... yeah, as a wide receiver two plus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, think about, uh, I'm thinking about that offense and you were talking about how the Carolina offense gave us three top 30 wide receivers. I think about Dallas as like that, but supercharged, you know what I mean? Not scheme wise, not like player, like no, but player comparison, expect, yeah, just production scoring. outlook. Exactly. Yeah. Same's true in Buffalo, Cincinnati. There's a lot of these teams that are literally heaping 70% of their volume, their market share, and even more of their high leverage volumes, the air yards and the the touchdown end zone passes uh, to the wide receiver position. And that's definitely the ones we're targeting for uh, for fantasy. And that's why I was entertaining because had I added uh, Cole Beasley there, I could be looking at Gabriel Davis in the 11th or 12th round. And then I'm looking at Emmanuel Sanders at the end of the draft. And I have all four of those Buffalo wide receivers. And you know you're going to get spiked weeks from those motherfuckers. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, we saw Cole Beasley go just now. Oh, I'm getting killed here because I know I, I just keep getting murdered at the running back position. Like, it just hasn't come my way. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, the tight end position as well. Every time I identify a tight end, that would be a good fit as my tight end too. He has flown off the board. And that was not on cue. The guy who just went off the board wasn't interested at all. <laughs> sorry jimbo yeah yeah i think i want the other smith on the board here Janu, over him still uh darnell mooney i like darnell mooney mm-hmm. i don't have enough darnell mooney So what are you? What, what's your quarterback situation? You have uh, I just Hertz stacked. And I just stacked Jalen Rager with Jalen Hurts. Nice slot yeah. wide receiver. You know right if they wanted a slot wide receiver, they should have just taken Justin Jefferson, eh? <laughs> <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> well, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Me saying like, yeah. Whoa. Take, what? 
Chuba Hubbard in the eleventh. Oh wow! So who did what that? happened there? Yeah, it's not the CMC owner, obviously. No, nope, it is went not. At one. That's the guy who took Najee at fifth at five overall. Though. It is <laughs> Michael Carter <laughs> also in the eighth. <laughs> Interesting build. Mm-hmm. Smashed values on uh, Judy and Curtis Samuel. He also the guy who took Kyle Pitts in the second. He went Najee Kyle Pitts. That's right. <laughs> Jamar Chase. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and he took Mike, Joe Burrow in like the seventh round or yeah. uh, in the eighth round. Cause I was thinking Mike, of that. Mike when... D is the elder statesman there. Whipping mm-hmm. those young boys around. Yeah, that's wild. Like, I really don't know um, how somebody can be right on Chuba. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're that's saying insane. that Chuba's going to have a big season, that's got to be like the worst process ever. Well, you're basically predicting an injury for Christian McCaffrey, like yeah. a season long injury. <laughs> But we will take it as fellow participants. Well, and I just think people have missed, like, you know, we haven't, I, I think this could be a very clear example of a GM making a pick that a head coach just doesn't know what, why he made that pick. Mm-hmm. So I really, I'm going to be mad if I lose out on Justin Fields in this draft. I don't want those guys, Trey Lance, I would take, but I really don't want to lose out on Justin Fields. I'm not going to take him here because I'm going to take Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards is so palatable right here in the 11th so round good. for me. Like, I'm not yeah. a big Gus Edwards the top fan. Of my running back queue right now. Yeah, and it's because no mo. <laughs> with Antonio Gibson on my team, with Miles Gaskin on my team, I think I have two exceptional pass catchers. I have Antonio Gibson, who's locked into pass catching work. Miles Gaskin, who I think will retain that role in that Miami Dolphins offense for whatever that's worth. Uh, so it makes Gus Edwards even all the more uh, manageable to add into this offense because the only knock that he comes with really for his price is that he really isn't going to give you those uh, those pass catching totals. But I think, you know, knowing that I'm going to be just asking for guys to plug into my lineup from the rest of these guys I draft at the running back position, uh, I'm kind of more than happy with how that how that worked out. Yeah. There goes Carson Wentz. Yeah, you come on. I need on fields deck. here. I need fields. Nice. So maybe a little bit early. I don't have a ton of fields, though, and I really, really like Justin. And fields. you're done at quarterback now. Yeah, Yeah, I have three quarterbacks now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I am like a big fan of three quarterbacks in this kind of format as well, just because I want to make sure that I'm getting like those 30 to 35 point weeks just firing from my quarterback position if possible. And I also think the rookie quarterbacks are much more appealing in this format where, you know, it does basically start a new tournament for the playoffs in this kind of tournament where you're just playing a points only against a bunch of teams. So these rookies are probably at that point doing more than they were early on in the season, basically. So I think uh, they become a little bit more attractive in, in this kind of format. And not not picking till the end of the 13th. I just uh, like Trey Lance, I think, is just a lot more difficult to be certain that he's going to be in there early. Like, I think it's hard to say that Garoppolo yeah, is not a bigger impediment than, uh, than Andy Dalton. Daryl Henderson went. Yeah. I had him actually, uh, pretty high on my list. Yeah. He was pretty up there for me too, man. We got the other guy Fuck. from Memphis still on the board. Who's the highest running back on my list here. It's funny, Daryl Henderson and him go right around each other. And they were two guys. I just, you know, they were just the shiftiest motherfuckers coming out of Memphis ever. And that would be Devin Singletary. Hmm? Devin Single. Do you mean Ke- Kenneth Gainwell? Oh, Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell. That's right. That's right. 
He exists. Damn it. While you're talking about the Memphis running backs, Singletary didn't go to Memphis. Oh, he didn't? I thought he, he did. went to Florida Atlantic. Oh, weird. With with Lane Kiffin. That's right. That's right. Why was I, I am on the clock. And since you spoke of him, I'm going Devin Singletary, bud. Oh, yeah. I think he Reverse could be the guy. Psychology, folks, works every yeah. time. <laughs> Reverse physiology, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think he could be the guy who gets the first and second down carries in between the twenties, you know. And I think like Devin well, Singletary is catching over Zach Moss last year. Yeah, That's, that surprised me for sure. And he had forty plus receptions, or might have been targets, I believe, but more than what I kind of expected out of one for, for Moss, one guy yeah. to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think he's the guy who can give them those big plays in this offense. Which, as it just continues to open up with Dable and Josh Allen, I think there could be um, some better lanes for Singletary. So if uh, if I'm in the twelfth round, I can take that no problem. Yeah, and apparently Singletary knows his lanes. <laughs> Got to scroll the draft board up in this ma. Mm, Evan Ingram, I like that too. Yeah, I was thinking so of targeting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I still need to add a second tight end at some point. As do well. I, sir. As do oh, I. Oh, really? Who's your top tight end? Just Darren Waller. That's right. Yeah. That's Waller, nice. Waller Bills, y'all. Nice. Yeah. Waller, Waller Bills. So we should not be talking about tight ends. Yeah, no. I don't want you to. We're fighting. We're fighting now. To snipe you. Yeah, I should probably just stack. It's so late. I don't know. I think I'm taking Gronk. I fucking like him. The problem with Gronk is that I only find myself entertaining him when I get to this point. I haven't had a second tight end, and it's like, do you trust Gronk to be Travis Kelsey's replacement come week twelve? You know what I mean for his bye week, and it's like that. I don't. (laughs) Mm Hmm. Even though Gronk's not that old. Like Gronk is like one year older than Logan Thomas. (laughs) For sure. That's nuts. (laughs) 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 Fucking burn. Okay, so I have... Ooh, that's who I'm going to draft as my second tight end. Okay. I'm actually pivoting to wide receiver. Oh, now you said you know who you're drafting is your second tight end, and there's somebody that I want to come back to in the next round, and I don't want it to be this guy that you take. Fuck, Ty. Well, you're like 15 picks away, so I'd be worried about more than me. I know. <laughs> I know, but... Anthony Ferks are still there, dude. I'm not taking him. Don't worry. I'm Okay, that's the guy. <laughs> you're taking them. <laughs> T.Y. I was looking at him in this round, but kind of. Like Cornell it. Powell. <laughs> what round. the fuck? That's crazy. That? That's got to be da- that's got to be that Najee, is. buddy. That's Najee, dude. Yeah, it's got to be. Fugly old is his name. <laughs> Fugly, team. Fugly team is his name. Oh, Rashad Penny. Oh, dude, that thing that I was going to show you, the fucking Blue Jays thing. Mm. Oh, what? That's dope. Bullpen jacket. That's sweet. You are yeah, man. It's probably like your size, though, because it's very small for me. Nice. Hook it up. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I should. Gabriel Davis, I think, because I have. Mm-hmm. That's a nice little stizak. Gabriel Davis was actually first on the team in deep targets last year. That is cool. um, so you basically have all of them with uh, Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis. 
The one thing is I'm really sacrificing running back. If I pass on a specific running back, I'm really, and it's interesting because I have the quarterback and Alexander Madison. Like these are running backs I should probably be adding right now. But if I add a sixth wide receiver here, I probably only have to add one more and I'm going to get that tight end I'm waiting on in this round coming up. Mm-hmm. And I might even wait. I might even not take that tight end. Mm, that's That was my philosophy in this last that last round is I was just going to. Who was it. the tight end you were talking about? I'm, I'm looking it at was Cole Komet. Sure. It was oh, was it? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going Cole Komet. And I just know that I you've been kind of on Ferkser as being like a. I know that you've been kind of on him as being a sneaky top 12 option for this year. No, um, I think he's a bust. <laughs> do you? I thought you, well, I think, uh, I thought I you think he's stoked. like, I think he's going to be everybody's late round tight end. He kind of is when you hear podcasts and stuff and then you do best ball drafts and he's like literally tight end 22 off the board because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think people like myself who dig into this stuff are really worried about where does he play? He plays mostly in the slot when he's played in the past. So mm-hmm. he is just not an inline tight end. So he, yeah. he's just not a blocking tight end. So I don't know how he really fits into this offense. Um, and I worry that, you know, he might not be on the field very often <laughs> Yeah. and tight ends who are on the field 70% of the time or more are a lot more rare than people think. Uh, and I think he might, he might be one of those guys who fail, uh, fails to hit that threshold. Um, but having said that he's technically my highest ranked player right now <laughs> for tight ends, <laughs> but there's three tight ends. I like more than him and I take over him every single time. It's weird. Yeah. Like, I don't have very much Ferkser. Because I also want to keep seeing where he's going because sometimes he goes in like the 15th round. Sometimes he doesn't go to the end of the draft. Well, that's what I'm curious too. We got the 14th round here. But, but he's such a busy player. I bet on underdog FFPC with the tight end premium. Uh, I bet those leagues he's going much higher than mm-hmm. For sure. We're moseying through this draft, eh, buddy? Yeah, it's fine. Pretty good. What are we, are we at an hour yet? Uh, we are at 53 minutes. Nice. Yeah, not that's not bad, bad at all. Man. Keeping them under. Thanks, one thanks to anybody five. who's been kicking it with us. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. This has been pretty fun. Ty, I'm going to let you contemplate your pick, and I'm just going to let the people know that if they, uh, if they want to go dig into some of the best data, um, some of the best content from the sharpest minds in the industry, go to fantasypoints.com. We are a part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, who is um, uh, just an, it's just an incredible team. Ben is kind of their behind the scenes guy. Um, and he does a ton of work. I can't thank that guy enough for everything that he does. And if you listen to any of the Fantasy Points live streams, all of those guys that work over there will say the exact same thing about Ben. So it's been really cool connecting with the team. We've had a bunch of their their guys on the podcast, and uh, that's been a ton of fun. Um, and if you want to go check out all of their content, go to fantasypoints.com. 21 True North 10 is the promo code and that'll get you 10% off what I think is probably already one of the best deals on the market without the discount. Um, we can just get you that extra little 10%. Uh, Ty, you went to read Cohen there with your last pick. I'm on the clock. So I'm going to contemplate a, a smidgen here. Uh, do you want to talk a little about uh, Tariq the freak? Sure. I took him because I have Justin Fields. I actually think Tariq Cohen was kind of a teardrop at the running back position. Uh, in terms of guy I could add in and get some pass catching out of, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some there's some risk that we haven't seen him post injury, but I think like a guy named the Human Joystick, you 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 worry about him being as electric post serious injury. Having said that, I think it's baked into his price. Uh, 
more more than it even needs to be with people like Cordell Patterson leaving and stuff. I think there's room for volume. I think the other knock on him is how much target share is going to go to the running back position if you have a mobile quarterback like Justin Fields, who also likes to go downfield. Um, but I think having Justin Fields on my team is kind of hedging on either of those range of outcomes playing out. So at this price, I think of him just as a total depth piece at running back. And it just so happens that I think there's a range of outcomes I'm building in by having Justin Fields on this team as well. Right. I like that. I really like that pick. I went for Rashad Bateman and I am immediately regretting it with the defenses going off the board here. Um, but I do Whoa. like in a vacuum. I like it. Uh, oh, Ben Roethlisberger going off in the 14th. Uh, I think Rashad Bateman could be just the highest targeted Raven this year. Um, they brought him and his profile in for a reason because they didn't necessarily have that on their team. Um, and I'm very curious to see what it does. I saw um, Matt Harmon said the more and more he digs into it on Twitter, the more he thinks that Rashad Bateman changes the offense. And I was really curious as to whether he meant if because Rashad Bateman's there, they are going to change how they run this offense as far as passing volume, or if his skill set plunked into the volume they already have is going to bring a new element. You know what I mean? So I was really curious to what he meant by that, because I think yeah, that's the big question. <laughs> that's the biggest question is what's this offense going to be like now that yeah, they but have, is that realistic? You know, like thinking that Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson are going to change their tendencies that they've had. I don't their think entire, so, yeah, like it seems kind of ridiculous that they're going to like, like Lamar attacks the middle of the field because he's not that good at throwing outside the hashes and he's not good at throwing down the sideline. And the timing wasn't even there with a uh, fuck. Um, yeah. The timing wasn't even there with uh, Hollywood last year. So I think what he brings is a guy who can help in every area of the field. He can help Andrews in the red zone, which they need somebody who can offset that in the red zone. They need somebody who can offset Hollywood in between the twenties. So mm -hmm. I think Rashad Bateman just adds a bunch of uh, comfortability uh, for Lamar to be able to have an alternate option on almost every play. Um, but I think Bateman also, like, I don't think he's going to hit the ground like a stud. You know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. think there's a, uh, there's a lot of risk I think you're inheriting with him, but uh, the upside is the touchdowns, I think. For sure. So I just saw Sam Darnold go off in the 15th round, and I think that mm -hmm. is where that to me is where the Jalen Hurts pick is not looking as good for me because I have that big stack of Carolina wide receivers, or I have Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore with <laughs> David Moore and Terrace Marshall still on the board. Now, I actually think. I, and I think you probably would say the same. I would have been better off going elsewhere at the Hurts pick. And then with the Bateman pick, maybe I take Sam Darnold or Anthony Ferkser and then come back around and get the other guy so that I stack Ferkser with the Tennessee guys as well as Darnold with the uh, Carolina guys. And I really would have liked it if I could have gotten Darnold instead of Hurts and added another position player up in the Jalen Hurts pick. No, I agree. And I think – I'm kind of with you on that, especially in this format where you're not like sticking into rules where you want to have all your quarterbacks on your roster by round 12 or whatever. You're not really abiding by those rules as much in these kind of formats. So, uh, you know, with Trey Lance still on the board too, I definitely would have preferred that. And I think Sam Darno is a quarterback that we probably should put our finger on when it comes to how many skill players he has going in the top, you know, whatever of ADP. Whereas you mm -hmm. think of somebody like Carson Wentz, who has nobody going in, like yeah. the only guy is that running back because they're going to run the fucking ball. Like it's, uh, it is really strange to me, but, uh, and, and just like even taking a guy like Derek Carr players that, you know, what their range of outcomes are, you know what I mean? I definitely For would sure. prefer to just wait and take a Sam Darno because these aren't your, your number one or number two quarterbacks. These are the guys that you're hoping plug in or experience that high variance season. So you're hitting on that pick in a big way.
Um, right. So just to touch on it, Trav, we saw two defenses go off the board in the 14th round. I do not take defenses in the 14th round. I think there's two defenses that belong in maybe the 15th or 16th round. And I'm not even taking any other defense in that range either, but that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Los Angeles Rams. So the Bucs went in the 14th round is the second defense off the board. They also have a tremendous uh, second half strength schedule. Um, and then who I took was the Rams in the 15th round. And normally I don't like buying on last year's number one defense, but, uh, I think, you know, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey kind of, if there's uh, a team to do it with that, that defense is fucking tight. And if they're not going as the number one defense off the board, I think that's all the more better. And I think the 15th round is where the bottom drop dollar. And like I said, I'm only taking Tampa Bay and the Rams. So that one really, uh, really fit in my team build there. And speaking of the Rams, I'm going to take an ex-LA Ram who I got really lucky with landing because uh, he's like the drop down last guy I want to add on a team. Uh, and with Travis Kelsey, I'm fine if I just have Gerald Everett as my tight end behind him. Right. So looking at my team, Ty, I have the Carolina stack as well as the uh, the Tennessee stack. Both of those teams have the same bye week. Ooh, yes. I've done so, that with the Bills and the Cowboys quite often. Week 13 is looking like it might be an L for old T-Rav. Ooh, and that is it. not good because I don't know when the playoff format starts in this one, mm-hmm. but it, it might be week 13 because yeah, mm-hmm. I probably should have mentioned that with like, you know, Miles Gaskin or Pittman. Those might be tiebreakers that you, right. you pivot away from just because of this format. I think um, I'm looking okay, though. Really certain on them. Oh, yeah, I definitely I don't think bye weeks are going to determine yeah. who wins or loses a tournament this big. Um but yeah, you, you definitely you live and learn for sure. I've learned that it sucks that you can't simultaneously build the Bills and Cowboys because they both have a week seven bye. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's funny because we were just, like when I learned that we had just fucking had that discussion on the podcast about week seven being the closest thing to a apocalypse this year. Uh, with mm-hmm. the bye weeks a little more spread out. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, look at all these offenses. And then sure enough, I just keep <laughs> building those offenses. Yeah. God damn it. Okay, Your I'm boy, carry on. Went for the B- <laughs> my boy. Wow. <laughs> um <laughs> Baltimore Rays. It's not Amir Abdullah, man. OJ Howard in the 15th. So I got Mother Gerald Everett after OJ Howard. Wow. And Zach Daddy. I was really I'm really happy with uh Gerald Everett. See, I was thinking maybe I should have gone with Hooper, who's a much safer option, I would say, but uh I don't know, man. I think Everett, like with what we've seen out of the tight ends, could have a similar floor to Hooper, and he definitely has a higher ceiling than Hooper. Yeah, and come week 12, I'm hoping, like, you know, Seattle will have had their bye week. Maybe that's when uh, Shane Waldron really starts to get him involved after he's got his feet wet with the offense. And uh, and you have Travis I, I basically too. Exactly. I just need him for week 12, yeah. So do you think you would add a third tight end to that? Or are you just going to stick Never, with Kelsey? No. Never. If you just have the top. Is Waller in three, that tier for you? Yeah, 100% he is. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Kyle Pitts would not be in that tier. No, for me, right? fuck yeah. no. Like I definitely want to. Th- and the thing is like, I'm fine doing two tight end builds. If you have to, like you're thinking of it, like you're almost punting the position. You know what I mean? So uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's harder to do. Like you want to win every position in this one. And that's why I'm really happy with doing a three quarterback build. Uh, with Stafford, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and then having Travis Kelsey is giving me an advantage at tight end. And then starting with the Rams there, I'm going to hopefully, uh, like there's a scenario that I could land uh, a specific thing here as well that would help me out as well. But I'll let you pick first. Okay. 
Yeah, you're picking right in front of Fugly, so you're not you haven't been sniping him. Let's put it that way. Big Fug Daddy. Yeah. Unless yeah, you should have took Whoa, Ramondre, the double New England bangers. So I was yeah. just hoping you didn't take a defense because I want three top ten I defenses on yeah. this team. And, and now uh, I'm gonna have to come back and get three. Like, would you do a no, two see, defense I, build? Well, I think I might concede at that point. Like, if you can't get three top fifteen defenses, I would almost definitely concede. You know what I mean? And uh, like, do you have any on your team yet? I have the uh, the Ravens. Oh, you do have the Ravens. So that's yeah. uh, that's interesting. Like, you're probably safe just going two. And there's some defenses I like much, too. Yeah, and you're not going to be able to do three top ten ones, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the whole. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, I gotta go Dolphins. I, I think like the it. whole uh, the whole thing you hear. There's such an old adage in fantasy football that you take defense last, wait till your last picks, and that's just horrible best ball advice. Like whoever is giving that advice is not playing real best ball leagues, and uh, and it really bears out in the hit rates. Like you just don't want to be the last guy taking defenses, and you'll even see in drafts that there'll be five to eight defenses that don't even get drafted because they're just non-factors to a fantasy team. Right. Uh, so basically you're getting a big advantage if you're able to land three top 10 defenses, because you are getting this onesie position, uh, more points at this onesie position than other teams. But uh, it's also a position that you don't want to over, overblow, right? And we see that defenses are going to start flying off the board here as we get yeah. to the end of the 17th, early 18th. And, uh, like, like when you look at the defenses, Trav, because I have the 49ers, the Chiefs still on my board that I really want to land one of those two defenses. The 49ers just have uh, a lot of regression to the mean that we're expecting. Uh, yeah. But they also have the easiest strength of schedule in all of football, including during the fantasy take football them too. playoff. They're the next on my list. The 49ers, yeah. And yeah. I think the Chiefs are interesting because the Chiefs scored 135 points on fantasy last year as a defense, and it's because they continue to put people in in very disadvantageous positions where they're forced to play comeback, and you're getting those turnovers, and you're getting those, mm -hmm. those pick sixes at times and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, once I'm past those two teams in particular with the 49ers and Chiefs, I'm definitely uh, – a lot less enthralled with with the defenses because the For Saints sure. the Saints are really uh, a team that can take a big step back yeah especially with that secondary the Packers are an interesting one I think but yeah you're really uh, in, in the shit at this point the Giants actually were a pretty well improved unit absolutely and I think they're gonna need that defense to fucking step up to be honest with you I guarantee um, they're the highest scoring defense from last year left on the board right now yeah they had an extremely good season there they, I think they're <coughs> really good defense Minnesota yeah. could be set to bounce back a little bit. Yeah, Minnesota's like my not my drop down one. Like Denver's usually that, but we're seeing some weird ADPs in this draft. Like I got really lucky getting um, yeah the 49ers, I think, in this draft, and I think whoever gets the Chiefs is getting a big value as well. Um, Sweet, but Sweet, uh, why are you on the board? Yeah, Sweet. <laughs> yeah. touche, touche. No, and I needed to get the defense there because I'm sitting in a situation where I'm probably only going to go for two defenses. Now, Ty, I wanted to ask you actually. Um, I'm in a situation right now with two, only two picks left where I have two quarterbacks, two tight ends and two defenses, right? Um, I have five running backs and seven wide receivers. So I'm pretty good as far as numbers there. Um, so like, do you ever have any builds where you have two, two and two at quarterback, tight end and defense, or do you always have at least three of one, maybe two of those? You know what I mean? 
Yeah, like I said, like it always depends where you're going in on those quarterbacks, uh, where you're going in on these players early in drafts, right? Like if I'm you, I probably would add, like I definitely entertain a Trey Lance at this point. You know what I mean? That's, Just, uh, that's who is that's next me. on my board. That's me because I'm definitely the on a bit of an island in the industry saying that he is starting day one. I just think that I've already bet that future. And I think worst case scenario, he's in week seven and by fantasy playoffs, um, he could be a guy who could be a league winner in 2021. Totally. And Jalen hurts is small and he's a runner. So he could be susceptible to getting injured on my team. So I think Trey Lance is a nice uh, mobile quarterback addition and the there. six and a half win total just scares the shit out of me for the eagles i just can't get past that like it really worries me that with three first round picks looking down the barrel of that uh with two or three games left in this long grueling season that they might uh mm-hmm. might subject jalen hurts to the bench for no reason other than mm-hmm. to get a higher draft pick so tevin colvin like i have some gross running backs on the board but i i kind of want a guy who might actually give me a little bit of production he's the for top, some reason. he's the top running back there in my book i know um, that michael carter has that upside but tevin coleman knows lafleur's system and he was brought yeah. in there and he looks to me like he's the tops on the depth chart so i like that yeah and they said all the right things in the press conference regarding michael carter why they waited to the fourth round why he was available in the fourth round they said the whole couldn't believe it. I'm just shocked, blah, blah, blah. They they did say all the right things. But uh, the fact that they waited kind of is a, a signal in itself that they mm-hmm. might be comfortable with Tevin Coleman and uh, Ty Johnson and LaMichael Ryan if they had to be. But I'm actually not going to do that. I'm going to take Emmanuel Sanders here. Terrace Marshall went right before you as well, who could have completed my trifecta I for the Carolina that. Panthers. But I, See, I once really I saw him the bot- yeah, I don't think like he is one that I'm going to make sure I prioritize. You know what I mean? Yeah, if, if anything, I'm taking Terrace on teams that I'm betting against Robbie Anderson in 2021. Mm-hmm. Right now. And the Giants were a team that I was considering with my last pick because I think they're the last team who has top 10 defense upside. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just went. So it now looks like I'll probably just be going with a two defense build here. The tight end yeah, options are ugly right like now, though. Seattle and the Vikings. Only defenses I'm looking at that I would possibly try and mm-hmm. add. Yeah. The Vikings, like I Seattle, have yeah. I always think, uh, like, who just went the Giants, right? Like, they're a team that, you know, they just have such a worse win total than Seattle that it's just so easy to see Seattle scoring more points on defense because of the way yeah. that that system works in fantasy. You know what I mean? So I uh, I definitely think you're, you're kind of just uh, taking shots in the dark when it comes to defenses at this point anyways. Yeah. Wayne Gallman, interesting. Pieces of that Sam Fran backfield. And I keep saying Trey Sermon might be the best pass catcher in that backfield. It might be Wayne Gallman. You are Maybe. Deck. I like Brashad Perriman as somebody's last pick. I like Gio Bernard in the 19th. I was looking at him. I, I might take Tevin that. Coleman, which I don't like, but I don't really have a lot of other options for my last pick. Like Elijah Mitchell, as we're talking about adding these 49er backs Salvin Ahmed was a little bit interesting but it's just not a guy I'm adding to a team that I already have Miles Gaskin especially in this big format I want to try and bet on either or of those range of outcomes playing out in these kind of formats uh mm-hmm. so really just a ugly group so where did Todd Gurley who did he meet with you are up. uh he met with uh the Lions of course That's right yes so I should take Jamar Jefferson <laughs> Um, I almost want to take Ty Johnson over Tevin Coleman. You know what I mean? Like my idea mm-hmm. here is that I'm betting on a Jets running back. You know what I mean? And I did hint that I wanted a guy who could actually maybe possibly contribute. Um, 
fuck, I wish Daryl Henderson or Daryl uh, Williams was there. He's always there for me. Daryl used to hold me. Um, Jarek McKinnon's me. there for the. I know that's what I was looking. Backfield. That's what made me think of him. Yeah, and then Raymond Calais is another guy I'm looking at. Uh, from the Rams. No, I think I'll just go Tevin Coleman. Unfortunately, it is so hard to actually click the draft player button. <laughs> Tevin Coleman. But I have done it. Like a band-aid. <laughs> it's easier when you see Chris Herndon go right ahead of you. You're like, okay, Jets are socially acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get roasted worse than the, the Kyle Pitts and the second guy. Like when we run our teams down, we should run his down for fun. Okay. Let's do it. Funsies. <laughs> More defense can den- defense is continuing to go off the board. Oh, I'm not sure what to do here, Ty. The defenses don't really entice me, and I kind of want to just risk it for that biscuit. Who's your um, RB1? Who's your RB1? Uh, my RB1's Derrick Henry. I'm doing it, Ty. You're gonna this is gonna be the grossest thing ever. Wow, I was gonna say, yeah. So the one thing you don't have to do is add a running back six. <laughs> <laughs> and then you add one who um, probably doesn't come with pass catching upside. Yeah. No, but I think he with the pass catching upside that I think I already have. Um, well, I got Travis Etienne and Devin Singletary. Did he sign with Detroit? No, he didn't, but I think he's gonna go somewhere and I think he's yeah. gonna probably lock down some goal line carries. So I just think there is like there's not potential for yardage. There's not potential for receptions, but I think there's that inkling that says that he could fall in for 10 touchdowns potentially, or even five and he would be fine. Kadarius Tony in the last round. Jack Doyle, Mr. Relevant. I love it. Jackie Dizoyle. So we are done, buddy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, (laughs) I picked first, so why don't you run your team down first here, Ty? Okay, I am just on uh, Fugly Old right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I have a three-quarterback build with Matthew Stafford, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Fields. I feel like Stafford is kind of in that tier of quarterbacks who could propel themselves to like a QB1 season on the back of passing alone. I also tethered Matthew Stafford to the top wide receivers in Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Trevor Lawrence, just the guy I'm kind of betting on as a late round quarterback who could have that big blow up season. And Justin Fields is just the guy I think who can add with his legs alone. Anything else he gives me is a bonus and could be a quarterback who is contributing to this team come the very important last few weeks of this tournament. Running backs, Antonio Gibson, Miles Gaskin, Gus Edwards, Tariq Cohen, and Tevin Coleman. Definitely the lightest skill group on my team. Uh, Really need Antonio Gibson to pay off, need him to hit in a big way. I kind of need Miles Gaskin too as well. But I'm actually not too uh, disappointed with grabbing Gus Edwards and Tariq Cohen where I got them. So I'm actually happy with uh, how my running back room turned out when I had just Antonio Gibson and Miles Gaskin going into round 11. Um, Stefan Diggs, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders. I really like my wide receivers. Uh, Stefan Diggs is paired with Gabriel Davis and Emmanuel Sanders. I think I'm getting the majority of the high leverage passing volume in Buffalo. And uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are paired together. T. Higgins and Michael Pittman just profile in a very similar fashion. They're just big boys who can do it all for their offense. Uh, T. Higgins in a very pass-friendly offense. Uh, Obviously, uh, getting baked into his price is the risks with Jamar Chase coming in uh, and the effects that that could bring. 
And Michael Pittman, I think, is just getting undersold entirely. Uh, and then I grabbed Travis Kelsey in the first round, of course, and Gerald Everett. Love my team defenses with the Rams, the Dolphins, and the 49ers. I think I did land three top 10 to 12 defenses, and I think I am falling into that bucket where they get higher hit rates. I know it doesn't necessarily apply to these these bigger tournaments, but I'm not uh, – I, I don't mind my team at all. I'm actually fine with my team. Are you on mute, Trev? Or am I on mute? I was on mute. Yes, oh. <laughs> I, uh, I had a siren going by. I'm right on a hospital route here, so I yeah. um, call the police uh, for my for my team. I was stealing. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. <laughs> nice. Um, my team. Um, I will go through a little bit here. Uh, yeah, that quarterback. I have Jalen Hurts. Uh, Ryan Tannehill and Trey Lance. Um, I maybe reached a little bit on Jalen Hurts, and you actually did end up teaching me a couple things about um, stacking and where to take that quarterback. Um, so, you know, I reached and you teached a little bit, Ty, but I'm still happy with it. I still think he gives me the upside to make him worth that pick in the sixth round, I believe. Yes, the and sixth round. And it was round. the end, six, nine, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then at running back, I started with Derrick Henry in the first round. I took tra Travis Etienne in the third which, Which um, I think offsets Derrick Henry just really quickly because yeah. I was surprised with Derrick Henry just in the sense where in this tournament in particular, I'm not sure I really need that guy who I'm pretty sure will be a top five running back. Uh, I would prefer the guy I think can be the RB1 overall. Right. And it's kind of amazing that Derrick Henry has still barely been a top five running back despite uh, having some it's kind of, He's kind of like the Aaron Rodgers of running backs. you know. What yeah. I mean? <laughs> um, so I, I just thought it was interesting because Alvin Kamara was on the board. And I think Alvin Kamara kind of has that RB1. He was the RB1 for a significant portion of last season. Mm -hmm. uh, so I thought it was kind of interesting. But when you yeah. come back and you say that you have Travis Etienne on that team as well, I think it really balances that out, especially because you got Travis Etienne at the end of the fourth, right? Uh, the end of the yeah end of the fourth, um, and the reason I went with uh, Derrick Henry over Alvin Kamara because Kamara was my other guy was just the potential for Taysom Hill to really tank that running back target share for Alvin Kamara. He he peppered Michael Thomas when he was in there. Taysom did, but um, we definitely saw a dip for Alvin Kamara. So that was the real thing that made me a little bit hesitant, and I knew I was going to be getting a workhorse running back. And I think just um, Derrick Henry is like the quintessential essential like workhorse running back as opposed to the kind of like do it all predominantly pass catcher guy that I'm and maybe Alvin maybe he catches 25 balls this year you know what I mean with all the they all don't the have a ton of weapons yeah. yeah absolutely um and then at running back I finished out with Damian Harris Devin Singletary I stacked Ramondre Stevenson with Damian Harris um and then I finished up with Todd Gurley in the last round partially tied just to spite you um but also partially <laughs> because I think that he he's going to be one of those guys that thinks he's still got it. So he's not going to sign to be a backup. He's going to sign somewhere where he's a shot to take some snaps. Um, and I think his Avenue for that, like I was saying, was at the goal line. And those are lucrative touches, regardless of the guy who's taking those lucrative touches, having dust for knees. So I, uh, I definitely don't mind the Todd Gurley pick there. Um, at wide receiver, I was thrilled tied to stack AJ Brown in the second with Derrick Henry in the first. Um, you were saying that there might not be a lot of teams that have that stack just because where you usually have to take them. AJ Brown went a little bit later than uh, expected. That is uh, what we're gathering there. Um, he's only moving. But up. I, 
I love it, man. I really like it. And then behind AJ Brown, I got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson to stack for that Carolina offense. And then I came back with Corey Davis, Jalen Rager to stack with Jalen Hurts, and then T.Y. Hilton and Rashad Bateman, who I kind of think are both going to be the leading target getters on their team, um, save for maybe Mark Andrews in uh, in Baltimore, but I think Rashad Bateman's the highest targeted wide receiver. And then I did like the Corey Davis pick there just because I got him uh, pretty late. I got him in the 10th round and I think he projects to be the leading target getter on his team as well. So um, I'm pretty happy with that tie and I'm not putting like the, you know, best ball and win rate spin on it or anything, but I think I've got some good versatility there in, in guys who can give me some spike weeks with uh, even T Y Hilton can still give me some spike weeks. Jalen Rager, Corey Davis could Robbie Anderson, you know what I mean? And then some solidified guys like AJ Brown, DJ Moore. Um, so I'm, I'm straight with that. Um, at tight end, I did a two tight end build and I'm don't feel great about it because at the top I got Darren Waller, who I, who I really like, but I didn't really stack top targets on their team. Yeah, totally. But I think like, I think the theory coming in, in stacking Anthony Ferkser with, all the other Tennessee guys that I got, I, I like that, but I think I should have done something in between there where I got another solid tight end option because if something happens to Waller, I'm fairly fucked at the tight end position with having just Anthony first. But you are anyways in this tournament. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, pretty much if I lose Darren Waller. Who and that's what I mean with like kick. hit rates and stuff. We definitely don't have to, uh, you know, abide by win rates and stuff like that as much in this tournament just because, yeah, it right. is... Uh, something that you're going to see uh, abstract builds. You're going to do abstract builds and mm-hmm. yeah, you're just going to try different things as it goes along and see what works for you year after year. Yeah. And so then to round it out, I got the be more Ravens and the Kansas city chiefs as my defenses. I got them in the 16th and 18th respectively, which I think was a decent recovery after seeing the defenses start to go in the 14th. Yeah, and then, talked. and then I think you almost like you were just, prior to well not a huge run but um i think those two in the 14th and your rams pick really started started other teams looking at those defenses so i'm pretty happy with that considering i only have two to have the two that i got and that's why i love doing these live best balls so people can see that all these defenses do go off the board in the 16th 17th round it's not the 19th and 20th round like you might hear uh on a lot of podcasts and which is good for somebody like myself, Ty, who I was saying, I'm only doing about 10 best ball drafts a year or something like that. Right. So, um, like, it's just really important to soak that stuff in because I'm like, you're going to be so well-versed in the ADPs. You're already so well-versed in the, in the ADPs for these guys. Whereas I'm, this is when I'm going to start diving into my best ball drafts. So it's good for me to know that it's good to have you as a resource too, buddy. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Now um, it's good to have things like Rotoviz, right? That's what I was, totally. what I use like for that roster construction stuff. Like when you're looking at and like Blair Andrews and uh, 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 Jack Miller, like those guys have done great work. Uh, so I haven't had to, you know what I mean? About, you know, what, what the profitable plays are for these team defenses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike Beers has built these tools on Rotoviz so I can just go on there and be like, oh, I wonder how successful this has been in the past. And uh, for sure. It's really remarkable. The roster construction tool might be uh, one of the the things I would recommend the most about Rotoviz. Totally. Um, so I mean, it's about fantasypoints.com when it comes to their uh, their people, but uh, yeah. that one tool is sensational. Absolutely. So who's going through Fugly God's team here? <laughs> you go for it. Go for it. Okay. So uh, Fugly God at the five overall took Najee Harris. 
um, which is a bit of a reach to say the least. You know, I've got Najee Harris as my running back 11, so I definitely see him as a potential top 12 running back this this season. But to take him at five over Kamara, Taylor, uh, even Zeke, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, like that's spicy. That's pretty spicy. And, and um, it comes into play that you're going to do multiple entries in tournaments like these more often than not. So, you know, if you're picking fifth here, you might pick ninth the next time. Like, yeah, come mm-hmm. on. No trolling, no trolling. Second round, he took Kyle Pitts as as the tight end two ahead of George Kittle and Darren Waller, which is uh, definitely not something I would subscribe to. But like you said, it might just be a case of uh, differentiation. In the third, he went Jamar Chase. In the fourth, he went CD Lamb. Um, You know, flip-flop those two, put CD in the third and Jamar Chase in the fourth, and I'm maybe more okay with that. But uh, sorry, just had a little cough there. Um, had to mute myself. That was good. Uh, yeah, so th- that's fine. Mike Davis in the fifth is probably probably like top end, but we like Mike Davis around these parts. Justin Herbert and ba- and Joe Burrow back to back in the sixth and the seventh. Um, you know, a lot of upside. You were saying that Joe Burrow is probably pretty high at the seventh round. High. There, yeah, that's way too high. Because you're already um, getting, like, you're already getting the the injury discount and some of the offensive line concerns. Like, you're getting that already baked into his price in the eighth, ninth round or the tenth round where he goes usually. Um, yeah. So the seventh round just seems like unnecessary. Just another troll job. Yeah, and then Michael Carter in the eighth, which is you know, if you're expecting him to be the guy who takes the full running back role in the Jets, fine, whatever. Because you were saying that you personally have been liking to get Trey Sermon in the eighth round. And if somebody is in the belief of Michael Carter being the main guy for the Jets, I don't see an issue with him going in the eighth, but I just, I don't know if I see that for him. Yeah. And just like uh, a guy that's going to be hard to calibrate all off season. I think he might go in a seventh or eighth round here and he might go in like an 11th round in another draft for sure. Like Michael Carter is going to have a lot of deviation in his average draft position in yeah. all formats. Yeah. Jerry Judy in the ninth, Curtis Samuel in the 10th. I like both of those picks. The 11th is where it gets extra weird here, Ty, with the Chuba Hubbard pick. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like, where are you seeing Chuba Hubbard even go in the drafts that you're are doing? Or, yeah, I mean, he gets drafted a lot of the times. Another guy's gonna have lots of deviation, uh, but he, he's he he can go undrafted in these best balls at times, yeah. Like we can yeah, look so. at where he, where he usually goes like, and, and this will factor in. Um, so he took him in the 11th round, right? Yeah. Yeah. So his ADP isn't even that high factoring in all the drafts before the NFL draft, like all the best balls where he was going in like the ninth to 12th round right. consistently. Yeah. Right. And so um, Johnny Smith in the 12th, Cornell Powell in the 13th, who could be anywhere <laughs> that's from get drafted very often. Could be anywhere from third to seventh on the target totem pole on the Chiefs. And I would say we probably lean more towards seventh than third. Um, so that was a interesting pick there. I don't want to dog this guy too much anymore, Ty. It's uh, we've already kind of called out the puzzlers. Um Amon, Amon Ra in the 18th is actually yeah, a he went, pick for him. So I'll give him he that. He kept going rookie, rookie, rookie there too. I think yeah. he took our boy. Think he yeah. took the good Josh Palmer rep, yeah. represent, represent. He's already he's already making waves too in that building for real. Totally, and it's going to be an interesting watch because Julio Jones to the Chargers is some talk that some people are throwing out there, um, and I think that would not bode well, obviously, for Josh Palmer. But 
Um, I'm kind of hoping he doesn't go there because Mike Williams' role is right for the taking, and I would love to see Josh Palmer rise into that. Yeah. Who was uh, Cornell Powell? That's the guy I want to see. So Powell. So he is getting drafted very little. <laughs> I think he's been drafted four times out of <laughs> about 200 and something drafts here that I'm looking at. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. No, I want to see no bueno. Chuba. So Chuba has an ADP of, oh, wow. So he still has an ADP of 150 something. I think there's a lot of auto drafts that would factor into that. Um, but still, so that's what the end of the, that's like 13th round. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem right. And this is uh post NFL draft. This is month to date uh, ADP that I'm looking at. It says that he's gone as early as 97 and as late as 237. So yeah. Why <laughs> wide range yeah. for him? It's going ahead of fields. Interesting. Right on, man. Well, that was uh, that was really fucking fun, dude. I had an enjoyable time doing that. So I uh, I'm glad we jumped on for it. I'm glad the time worked out for us to get here. So I appreciate you carving the time out to Ty. Um, just want to thank anybody who was listening. Uh, follow us at True North FFB on Twitter. I am at TCL14. Ty is at TNFF Tyrell. Um, what else we got, Ty? We got lots of stuff in the works with the team. Um, I put out a tweet today, Ty, just recognizing all the team writers, which was, uh, I tagged a bunch of the, uh, tagged all of them to get fault to make sure people follow them. And then I posted some recent articles. So if anyone wants to see kind of a hub spot for some of the recent articles coming out of the true North team, which have been fantastic, go to my Twitter page. And I just put a little shout out to the team on there today. Um, and yeah, things are just bumping on that front, dude. I know you're busy as all hell keeping keeping the content train rolling. Um, this is kind of an off-schedule record that we did. You're, you got a couple more episodes with me taking a little bit of time off just to work on the new site that we're building, which we're excited about. So I, uh, I'm i really excited to watch your next couple episodes. You got Tom Brawley and Scott Barrett to kind of spill the milk here um, on the next two consecutive episodes. And that's going to be, it's going to be cool to listen to you guys work, dude, because um you well, know, it'll be a lot I, of them, so I think it'll be refreshing for people totally. who are sick of hearing my super annoying voice. Well, because... no, it's good, man. It's good. I, you know, I like when you let the AK spray, and I think when you, well, uh, I think I'll have a hard time. Know. I think I definitely uh, agree with a lot of what Scott says. I think Scott is very like approachable in that sense, where when you talk to him, uh, you can float ideas back and forth. I, I enjoyed our conversation with him greatly. Tom mm-hmm. Brawley, I kind of am still in starstruck mode, so I'm probably just going to interview him more or less because cool, he is just a dearth of betting knowledge. And a dearth of betting knowledge means you have a dearth of knowledge about every aspect of every team. And it just blows my mind that people like Tom Brawley, Warren Sharp, um, can really harness that much information. Uh, and I'm going to go get it out of them. Yeah, go get it. Get it, girl. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I was just get my snaps on for a second there. Um, <laughs> no, you're doing a great job. And this week you had uh, our boys from the True North team, Brian and Allison. So anybody make sure to go check that out. Check out the other shows too. Uh, like I said, we recorded this Friday night. Our man Jules on the point after had a nice show today. Uh, the Gold Jacket boys, Connor and Jimmy had a nice episode earlier this week. So yeah, just make sure you subscribe to the episode, yeah. yeah, make sure you subscribe I watched, to the TNFF uh... network. Hmm. Sorry, I was just going to say the uh, Gold Jackets pod was with Edwin. That was just a spectacular Absolutely. show. 
Um, and I haven't watched Jules' show just because uh, we're getting ready for this. And you saw my big giant fat pasta that I was working on. So I am very much looking forward to that because they're having uh, the Victoria. On, uh, Victoria and, from Ball Blast. Yeah. And she is really good. So I, I'm excited yeah. to watch that. Yeah. I caught a little bit beforehand and they were, you know, they were in mid pod form. You know what I mean? Just ripping right at the start. So it was good. I'm going to go back and watch that as well. And then don't forget about the smoke show too. Um, our man, Josh Smokey Hill Nelson, also a part of the fantasy points media group. So, and Scott uh, Fishbowl. yeah. And he just got his SFB uh, <laughs> ticket. So uh, congratulations, Charlie. Yeah, you got your golden ticket. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's enough of us rambling. Hey, Ty, uh, for everybody listening, make sure you go to fantasypoints.com and subscribe with the promo code 21 true north 10. Um, I won't be back this coming Thursday, but Ty will be back killing it with Tom Brawley. Make sure you uh, subscribe to the network on YouTube and Twitch and on all your favorite audio platforms. Uh, until then, Ty, will see you and I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. And then you can find me on Twitter. Otherwise, Pah!